The best way to really start discovering them is just to jot them down as they happen or at the end of the day, make a little note. You know what? Here's some things that were different today. Here's something that happened that changed me a little bit. Here's something I overcame. Welcome to season five of the Making a Marketer podcast with your hosts, Megan Powers with Event Marketing Partners and Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Gretemann Group and Xstand. This show is for all levels of experience talking marketing and business with the best guests in the industry. It's important to keep up on the latest trends and topics, and this is just the spot. Two guarantees, you will learn and laugh. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 98 of the Making a Marketer podcast. This podcast is made possible by Powers of Marketing. We provide podcast and event production, hosting and emceeing. And before I introduce our awesome guest today, a couple of things. Jen Cole wanted to be with us today, but she is feeling a little under the weather with a cold. So she is going to be in the chat and still bringing her questions in in that way. And also, we finally have an official podcast website. So by the time this airs on the pod, by the time this is published, it will be up. It is not at this very moment, but still make note of it if you are watching this video or watching the replay, makingamarketerpodcast.com is that URL. And now I want to welcome our awesome guest, Chad Ian Peterson. Welcome, Chad. Hey, how are you? It's good to be here. Good to be here. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mention the other housekeeping note is that we were supposed to record this last week. Um, this is our third attempt, I think, right, Chad? He's been without voice as of late, so he may sound a little scruffy, but you, I mean, it's adds character, right? We'll see by the end. I, I, that's what I'm <laughs> curious. I haven't, you know, talked for long periods of time, so that's what we're going to find out. By the end, it may get very, very whitish. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's just a 30-minute show, so hopefully... You'll be all right. I have faith in you. All right, I'm going to read Chad's bio. Some of you may have heard this before. It's worth repeating. Following a hardcore snipe hunt, botched pizzeria robbery, two years in a bear suit, and several moments atop a six-foot unicycle, Chad E. Peterson, a.k.a. the story catcher, discovered the compelling power of stories. Today, Chad helps you find and craft the stories you didn't even know you had to create deeper connections and open a portal of belonging. Now, I really want to know if any of that stuff actually happened. Oh, there's everything in there is true. I, I'm not, I'm, I tell stories. I don't tell stories. Make up things? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's funny. All right. That's fair. All right. And for those of you who are watching us live, please feel free to hop in the chat and ask us some questions, however you'd like to get involved. We would love to have it. Okay. So I'd like to start at the beginning because that is a very good place to start, right? When you first begin to read, you start with ABC. That's right. So we'd love for you to tell our listeners what inspired you to become the story catcher. Uh, you did. Uh, all of you, all of my friends out there did. Um, it was just kind of a natural progression. People just started to consistently say I was a good storyteller, but that I was also good at sharing other people's stories. And just dug deeper into kind of what that meant. And, uh, you know, I had an old logo, right? My old business name was a play on words. It was a nickname from an agency where I worked. They called me Social Chadvisor. And so we had this SC, 
And I thought, okay, SC, I love the logo, but if I rebrand, I'd really like to keep it, maybe tweak it. What can I use with SC that has to do with telling stories and story catcher kind of one hands down when we put it in front of a few people and, and ask what they thought. So that's kind of how that happened. That's fantastic. I love it. Organic. All right. So I have been pushing myself to post a brief story of some kind every Monday for almost a year now. I'm calling it my Monday Musings series. The way that I, I, I start with a photo. And then from that photo, I think about, all right, what's a story I can tell that has a lesson wrapped in it. So that's been my approach to that and trying to make it timely when I can, as appropriate as possible. And so I'd love to hear from you. Obviously, I've heard you talk about how we all have stories within us. And even though we might not think that, right? So I would love for you to share a few tips for our listeners and viewers for how they can discover stories within them that are worth telling. Wow. Discover stories within you. Okay. So your stories obviously are, are things that you've experienced, things that have happened to you or things that you've made happen, or they're things that even better are things that have happened with you and others. Those are the best stories. But the, the best way to really start discovering them is just to jot them down as they happen or at the end of the day, make a little note. You know what? Here's some things that were different today. Here's something that happened that changed me a little bit. Here's something I overcame. And you don't have to write the whole thing down, but just enough that when you come back to it later, you can look at it and go, you know what? I need to write that. I need to write that story. I need to share that story. Okay. So that, 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 that's one um, way. Yeah. And I use this uh, like maybe subconsciously and, and I have a, a client that I just wrapped up. I did a strategy, like we did a whole discovery SWOT analysis, like the whole, and then I put together a plan for her in a high level calendar. But what I told her, cause she gets really caught up and like, when, as soon as she has it in her head, she's like, I got to put it on social right now. And then she gets like frustrated if she doesn't finish it or, or whatever. And I, so what I told her was write those things down in your notes app on your phone and then add them to an editorial calendar. Like later, you can write them out later. You don't have to feel like you have to rush to push it out. Yeah. So. I, that's a great thing too. Because Sometimes you want to look back at it and then you think, yeah, you know, is there, is it really a story? Is it more of a travel log? Is it just a, an event or an anecdote? You know, is it, was there something really unique and special here? And sometimes if you just share it right away, that might be all it is. And if you take time, and you go back and look at it, especially if it's a while and you look at it and you remember, then you know, there was something like really special that happened. If you, if you can recall it, which that, that ends up being a big issue for people too, is it, you know, I can't remember the things that happened. Right. And how do I, how do I make that happen? People ask all the time too, you were talking about a client. Is, is it really relevant? Uh, should I share it? So many, so much stuff. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. For sure. All right. So Jen's question for you, what are some key components that really help to drive the idea of storytelling home for your clients? Yeah. So things that drive it home typically for me are me doing what it is that I do without them realizing that I'm doing it to them. So I, instead of just saying, Hey, you really need to share stories. Maybe I'll bring it up. Maybe I don't. I just start asking them about them, why they do what they do. Why do people enjoy their service, their product? And I keep drilling down. Yeah, but, but why? Why is that important to them? Well, it makes them happy. Well, why is happiness from that important? And asking questions that typically you just kind of think you already had the answer and you stop instead of drilling down deeper. And as I do that, 90% of the time, 
a lot deeper emotion starts to bubble up and surface. And then they start to share an experience with me. We're sharing it together. That's that portal of belonging mm-hmm. that, I, that I'm talking about. Now it's us. It's not just their story. Now it's becoming our story. And as I'm approaching that point, then I start to let them know, this is what I do. This is what I help people do. And the connection that you and I are feeling right now is what I want to help you do with your clients or with new leads or with whoever it is that you're trying to connect with in a different way. Right. I love that Jen said story therapizing them. <laughs> Man, I like it. I like, it. It really is. You know, Trademark. I was in, in a thing the other day with a group and we break, broke out into these little sessions and they wanted us to sell our product. And so I just started off by asking the guy what he did and asking him all about him. And and I did this to him. So he was selling me his product, but I was also pulling out his story. And then he said, okay, now your turn. I said, well, what I just did with you, that's what I do with my clients. And he goes, I need to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's so. awesome. Well, and you also do it for clients through video, right? You capture video that helps a company tell their story. Yeah. Yeah. Some, that's some of my most fun things to do. You know, obviously, after you capture the stories, you know, they can go and you can add B-roll or redo the video if you want it to, you know, be more of a you know acted out scenario. But typically, just uh, getting people on camera, I put the camera down low, get them seated, comfortable, and I kneel right behind the camera, like right, like if the microphone was the camera, I'm like right here, and I start to just ask them things, I get them, you know. Okay, go ahead and just say who you are, what it is that you do. And then I'll just ask some questions and let's just talk. And I can see that magic moment when they when they forget the cameras there because they start to sit forward. Their eyes have this new little light. They get bigger and, and they start to relax. And uh, it's it's really cool to catch things that sometimes, you know, they haven't thought about in years. It's a neat. It's fulfilling for me as well. Oh, I bet. And I bet like for your clients, the like the B-roll that you're getting, I bet you that is also for them telling a story that they don't even realize you're catching, right? Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, when you're putting a video together, some of the B-roll, you know, depending on what the story is, you can use stock video for some of it. You know, they remember a time they were walking in the woods and there's, you know, you can get license on a stock footage of somebody's feet walking through the woods. You know, you don't necessarily have to go out and set up a whole production to recreate the, the story that they remember. Um, you know, that then it becomes you know, budget type stuff. You know, what do they do? They right. want to be like all out or there's right. always well, a way I, to tell it. Totally. I, and particularly my where I'm coming from is that I saw you at an event industry conference where you were there, you know, taking video for a client and you were taking that video for interviews, but, you know, also for other things as you do to get your GIFs and whatnot as well. He is a GIF which master. Is, which is, it, when GIFs are just, and I say GIFs because, you know, I, I, I tell people I'm the, that's okay. <laughs> GIF, the GIF guy. I can't be the GIF guy. That just doesn't work. So that's my rationalization and nobody yeah. ever argues. My zoo doesn't have, that. my view doesn't have graphs either. So, uh, so but, we can go uh, on. <laughs> anyway, but those, you know, those tell stories. And what, what's great about those is when you capture them for other people and they can see it, they get to relive moments. But gifts also, if they're used by other people, they can use them to tell whatever story they want to tell with them as well. So they're, they're, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, I took the time to create a bunch and then I couldn't, I didn't get my Jiffy account approved. So 
that's another story for another time. We'll chat okay. after. I can help you with yeah. that. <laughs> All right. So it's about, we're about halfway. We like to do a little brain break. We don't normally do these on our live shows, but because this is like simulated live with Jen being um, in the chat, um, I, unfortunately, we're not going to get her story, but I was part of it. I guess I could briefly tell her, but I would love you, I um, want you to go first. So what is your favorite story, Chad? What's your favorite story to tell? Uh, and I know you asked me this ahead of time, and I just kept going round and round. I'm like, favorite story? You know, I don't, I don't know that I have just an absolute favorite story. I have all kinds of different stories. One that I share often when I'm I'm speaking. So you see, that's what they thing. I was like, well, she's already heard this story. That would be the that's snipe okay. hunting, right? The snipe hunting story is a great story. It's a fun story. So I thought, well, what else? What would be another fun one that I, I like? I, you know, there was a time when I was in high school, as many of us were, um, nothing unique about that. But uh, it was my sophomore year in high school. And uh, we had to do a presentation. And I utilized this weird talent, I guess, skill, whatever that I developed of juggling because I wanted to make sure that my project was memorable. I always tell my clients, you don't have to be the best. You just have to be memorable. And so I was like, okay, if I can be memorable, that's going to help my grade. And so I juggled flaming torches in, in the classroom, never even once thinking about the fact that this was a, you know, solid brick building in a classroom in the middle of the building. So there were no windows, um, no real <laughs> ventilation, ended up setting off the smoke alarm and no one ever forgot my project. Right. So I was memorable <laughs> and I learned a big lesson from that. Um, one, be memorable to don't juggle flaming torches inside. <laughs> but because of that and being memorable and the impression it created, it gave the idea to other people, hey, this guy should become the mascot at the school, which sounds like, you know, whatever, right? Because, you know, that's what the girls want is like, you see my Letterman jacket says mascot. How you doing? Right. <laughs> you know, did theater. I, I like to do the entertaining thing. I thought, okay, I'll do it. And so I signed up only to be told, well, the mascot's always been a senior. And so I asked them, is that just, just the way it's been? Or is there a rule? And found out there wasn't a rule, but they weren't going to let me audition. And so I talked to some of my classmates and to the student council advisor for that particular grade. And we came up with the idea, well, let's do a petition and let's either get the rule written or get what they've decided to tell me I couldn't do overruled. And so we had it filled out and we got enough signatures that I got the okay to do it. Well, to become the mascot was more than just signing up. You had to audition. You had to come up with a skit. And I already knew the odds were stacked against me because... Nobody wanted a junior mascot. They wanted a senior. So I decided I better come up with something memorable. And so while some did little dances and one even rode a little skateboard and they fell off, <laughs> I came in dressed in this bear suit on a six-foot unicycle playing a trombone. And I became the mascot that year. Only to find out when we had the first pep rally the following school year, all the seniors had gotten together and decided we don't want this guy and we're going to let him know it. And so they got newspapers and rumor was they were all going to turn their back on me. But there's always there's always a way to get people's attention. It's very interesting. If you really think about what they like, what they do, what gets them excited, they will put away their prejudice. They'll put away their anger and they'll get sucked up into the moment, into the fun. 
the school was only 10 years old and very few people knew the mascot's name. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to make sure everyone knows it. And I'm going to tell them they all have to chant it or the mascot won't come out. And at that time, MC Hammer was huge. So I knew if I got everybody chanting and I used MC Hammer, I would win. And so we got them chanting. The newspapers were put away. MC Hammer started. And I came out with two of the most popular seniors who were also dancers and did a dance with them. And I had on hammer pants and the mascot had this big Mercedes Benz (laughs) sign and everything. And from then on, nobody cared whether I was a junior or a senior or white or black or anything. They just knew that they liked what I did. It was memorable and it connected with who they were. And it's the same thing with with stories. You know, it's just trying to figure out what's going to connect and then people will, it breaks down barriers. Yeah, for sure. I love that. So uh, <laughs> Jen said, oh, wow, I was my college mascot my senior year. Little known That's fact hilarious. about me. <laughs> and here I am years later, and, and I'm like a mascot. I'm, I'm the yellow Chad guy oh, yeah. is a sticker is, for you know, the thing. So Yeah, you've been uh, Simpsonized. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so mine, I'll just tell mine briefly. I love a good story. And my most funny travel story was the first time I ever went to Europe. The second half of the trip I did on my own. And every city I went to, I met someone. And then I either went with them to the next city or I met them at the next city. And so I went to Salzburg, Austria, met this couple I had met at the Paris train station just before I was going to Switzerland and they were going to Munich and they said, well, meet us in Salzburg for the Sound of Music tour is what we met for. And then there I met these Australian guys who the next day were going to Oktoberfest. They were on their way to Munich and I wanted to go there, but I didn't want to go there by myself. And they said, yeah, come with us. So I did. But my plan was to take the URL out that night. So I was just going to spend the day in Munich and then take the night train out. Well, you know, two and a half liters later, and I was not getting on a train. What had happened was the guys didn't get accommodations and they didn't realize that it was also a German national holiday. So they rented a car as their accommodations. So I slept in the trunk of the car that night and then I rebooked my couchette and I did get on the train the next night, but I got a good, another solid full day in Munich. So I like that to do as a, like a, one of these is a lie out of the three things and see if, but people, people usually guess that one as being accurate. I'm not really sure what that says about me. <laughs> well, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes in those lie detail things, if there's too much detail, then it starts to be like, mm, she knew way too much yeah. about that to have been, been a lie. But that's a great story. And one of the things that I like is that as, as you were going, it wasn't just this happened and then this happened and then this happened. You kind of set up a scenario and you said, but this has happened. Oh, uh, yeah. but, and, and always tell people, um, you really want to put your butt into your story because <laughs> if, you, if you use and too much, if you write a story and it's and, and, and you're giving a travel log, you want to gotcha. see buts. This happened, but then this happened instead. Now there's a conflict. Now there's something I had to overcome. And that's when right. you start to get the story going. So, yeah, for sure. Okay. So Jen's next question is, what do you say to clients who don't know what to say about themselves in the sense of telling their own brand story? Well, if they're my client, they don't say that. But if they aren't my client, then I say, we should talk. <laughs> <laughs> we should chat. So let's, let's say you were my client. You said, hey, look, Chad, I know I'm supposed to do this whole story thing. I don't really know what to say about myself as far as my brand story is concerned. And I would say to you, I'd say, well, why is that important to you to know? And then we just start a conversation and go from there until we get to the point where I figure we've discovered what your, you know, the roots and the beginnings of 
at least one. You know, nobody has a brand story. You have brand stories. Right. Um, right. We're all made up of stories of experiences, your brand, your company. If you only have one story to tell, then I've not been around very long or we need to, we also still need to chat. So there's stories. So that's what I would do is I just start asking questions, ask the question back. Why? Why is a huge, like just um, player when it comes into drilling down with with lessons we can learn from a (laughs) three-year-old. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why? 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 But why? Because well, <laughs> yeah, but why? But it's, why? It's very, it's very similar. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I warn people, hey, look, I, there's a good chance I'm going to annoy you as we go through this. Right. <laughs> well, when I was doing my master's thesis and I was interviewing a theorist, I was trying to prove wrong. He, he ended up. I asked him if I could buy him coffee, and he ended up buying me breakfast and was half hour late to his next meeting because he was so. It was so interesting for him, and he but he kept asking me why, why. Why? And then eventually, and I answered every time, but eventually I was like, well, I don't know. That's why I want to do the research, <laughs> you know, like, like, ah, anyway, so that, that's always my, my favorite three-year-old, a, a college professor theorist. Um, I love it. That's a great story. Why story. So, oh, there's an even better story too. I'll tell you the rest of it. Some, a lot of people have heard it already. It's one of my, my go-tos. So let's talk a little bit about, we all know that we love TV shows, right? Movies, books, they all contain stories that suck us in. So is there a difference between those stories and then the ones that in marketing that we can tell to help ourselves and our clients sell their products and services? Because I think that that's kind of like a, like kind of a blurry line for people. They're like, okay, stories, cool, but where's the ROI, you know, or whatever, like, (laughs) Oh, uh, the the big ROI is on the relationship component, right? We we and we buy based on emotion. All of the decisions we tend to make are typically somewhat irrational. Um, even if we say they're rational, there's still an emotional component behind it. Right. And so, sharing these stories, whatever they are, connect on an emotional level. There's people that I would buy from because they've connected with me. There may be a better product. There may be a cheaper product, but they're memorable and they're memorable because of the emotional connection that somehow happened because of the story. You know, somebody leaves a review for your business. What do we typically do? Oh, thank you so much. We're glad you enjoyed it. When what we should be doing is, wow, thank you so much. Why was the service that you got? Why was that so important to you? Why did it mean so much to you? Well, blah, 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 blah. Oh, wow. Why, why was that situation what it was? Blah, 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 blah. And you never know what you're going to dig down to. And then you get that client, you know, that person to say, yeah, you can share my story uh, from the review I sent that just said they did a great job. And now you find out, well, what it really was is it reminded them of cookies that their grandmother made, you know, when they were a kid or you know, and that she passed away in the tragic accident or blah, blah, blah. You never know. And it doesn't have to be some sorrowful story, but we miss so many opportunities to ask other people their stories and their stories relate to our business, you know, and they're just stories. They're still stories, just like the stories you read, just like the novel or whatever. Those typically, they're obviously fiction or made up, but the story is still a story. There was a situation, there was a problem, somebody solved it. They're the hero. It's the same pattern. Right. Well, when I heard you talk, so here's two things that happen. And then John Pullum has a great question we're going to ask next. Being memorable. That was the biggest thing I took away from your talk at Social Media Week Lima. Like, 
oh, okay, it doesn't you don't have to be the best. You do have to be memorable. And so that I, I took that to heart. And it also, I was about to give a talk and actually maybe two, I forget if I did one or two after that. Anyway, but I was like, you know what? I'm totally missing the boat here on like not starting out with telling a story because I know that's a favorite thing for me when someone's on stage. But I think because I've been giving most of my talks from my desk, I've just kind of caught caught up in like, oh, everyone just wants to you gotta get right to business, right? But I think there's like, it's great to like pull people in and show them why, why they should listen to the rest of what you have to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and you don't always even have to start with a story. Um, I tell people, you know, one of the strongest storytelling methods is to create a new story, you know, to create a new experience, um, especially if you're speaking. You know, I don't know if you remember, but when I, I spoke in Lima, I didn't start with a story. I told us all to let's reminisce about the days when mom would tuck us into bed and read us the latest study from Google and oh, yeah. <laughs> analytics, right? And so, but yeah. what I was able to do there, instead of me sharing a story, I took us all back to an experience most of us had had, but then I warped it, right? And created right. this new quirky reality, but that was just to draw attention and to become memorable. I sat yeah. down on the stage yeah. instead of standing oh, up. So mm-hmm. creating new experiences that you can share with people um, is another great uh, story uh, tool. Right. Okay, so John wants to know if Chad could go back in time 40 years and give his 19-year-old self, I'm doing the math there, that's just one piece of advice about business or life, what would it be? Nothing. Nothing. Not a dang thing. Why is that? Because if I did, there's a chance I would change something and I wouldn't be where I am now. Why? And I like where I am now. Why? Why? Uh, Well, because of the woman I'm married to. That's a great reason. Uh, you know, the joy that she brings. And I can see what you're doing with the why questions. Trying to turn it on me, right? <laughs> I did um, it. <laughs> you know, my life has been a series of great moments and also mistakes. And I think most people would go back in time and tell their old self, you know, hey, avoid this. Watch out for that. But the truth is all of us are where we are today because of good decisions and bad decisions that we made. And so I wouldn't tell my younger self anything because I'd want to be exactly where I am right now because I'm happy. Yeah. I love that answer. And actually I, I was on a really difficult course. I just totally lost like what the grades are, but I, I went um, whitewater rafting in New Zealand and our guide, he asked me, or he asked the group, you know, if you could change, what would you change about your life? If you could change anything about your life. And that my answer was basically, you know, Laney not being part of it, but basically similar in that I was like, I don't, I don't have regrets. I, I have like, I feel like everything that we've done has led us where we're meant to be. So yeah. So I felt, I feel the same way. Yeah. And I'm not saying um, I don't have regrets, you know, there's people I've hurt, yeah. you know, of course. I've, I've, I've done things that I'm not proud of. But because I'm the sum total of all my experiences and I'm happy with where I am today, I wouldn't warn myself just because of the the risk of changing it. And maybe that's that's obviously selfish because looking back, I would know, hey, this guy's going to hurt some people. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, and then John says, don't eat the gas station sushi. Luckily, <laughs> unlike you, John, my 19-year-old self was already smart enough not to do that. <laughs> okay, so our final question is, we'd like to have our, our um, guests share a business book that they would recommend to our listeners. So what business book um, are you going to recommend today? 
Okay, look, I'm going to give you two. I'm sorry, but okay. that's just the way it is, right? You are not the only one. It happens a lot. It's okay. It's allowed. Two of my favorite books. One is called Story Worthy, and I always, on the uh, the the author's name, but just look up <laughs> Story Worthy, one word, it'll pop up, right? Because it's a made-up word. It's the only book out there. A great um, book that uses stories to teach you how to tell stories, um, and, and also some tips on how to remember some. Um, the other would be Cumulative Advantage uh, by Mark Schaefer. Absolutely. It's the only book I ever opened uh, in the Amazon box, sat down on the couch, and literally did not get up until I finished it. I love it. Yeah. And I, I have a copy of it because you had copies at Social Media Glamour to give away. And I ended up being one of the lucky recipients. And I finished it. Mind you, I have, I'm partway through at least seven books, maybe eight right now. And um, I finished it uh, on when I was snowed in <laughs> at Christmas time between Christmas and New Year's. So thank you for that. And um, yeah, that really for that one for me is is for me personally, it drives home a lot of things. It, it makes me feel like, oh, OK, that's why I was successful with my company or that's why this worked out for me because of the all of the work that I did before, which, you know, with which snowballed. So and, and reverse engineering his process is a, a great way to to go back and find stories you forgot. Um, it's one of the things that I, I like to work with people on. So, oh, okay. I like that. All right. Right on. Well, it is time and you made it through with a, with an intact voice. I appreciate you <laughs> and joining us, Chad, that we, that we finally got to have you on. Um, I know Jen wish she could be on camera with us, but thanks Jen for, for being in the chat and providing your questions. Thanks to John and everyone else who I'm um, watching on the live or watches on the replay. Obviously, if you listen to the podcast, we appreciate you. We have one more episode, um, episode 99 with Mel Kittle before we have the episode 100, the epic episode 100, which we already recorded, which we're going to be teasing out because we just can't tell you, we just can't give you the information about who it is. We got to like, we're going to do a little slow drip. And um, we've asked uh, past guests to um, to share what it's meant to them to be on the show or what they what they think that people will get out of making a marketer. So we're also going to be sharing that out in the lead up to episode 100 for I know for Jen and I, it's a huge milestone that we never even considered getting to because we didn't ever start this with an end in mind. We started this as a passion project and it's our wonderful guests and listeners and our community really that keeps us going. And so like we said, when we recorded the end of 100, I said, how about 100 more? And Jen said, yes, please. So thank you, Chad, for being with us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, y'all. This has been episode 98 of the Making a Marketer podcast and we will catch you next time. 